Dirty five. Uh, the dirty, yeah, dirty five. Yeah, hold on. Now we, I, I have someone far more successful mm. and articulate than you, Spike. That's <laughs> yes, everybody. Now, you better believe it, but this one <laughs> more so. Uh, Doug Jones, how are you, sir? Oh, hello. I, well, thank you for thinking I'm articulate and smart or successful. My gosh, I don't. Listen, you are you are the man in, in, in more than a few ways. I've got a couple of films that I need to name check with you. But before we get into that, I want to um, I want to ask you, is it is it an insult to an actor if they are referred to as a character actor or Body actor? No, no, he's not. A, he's not a body actor. No, body actor. It, body actor is when you. Yes, you're just the body, but a character actor is is you're just a character. Not, <laughs> not uh, integral to the movie, but but not not at the top of the billing. Okay, <laughs> is that an insult or how would you like to be referred to? Right. Well, uh, you know, character actor is an old term that anybody who was not a romantic leading man or lady was a character actor. That's the ugly people. That's us. That's, that's, so. <laughs> oh. I insulted him. Oh, yes, really. Come on, there were some no, character no, actors. But, but no, but listen, I, I, I have mirrors. They work. I know what I look like. It's fine. I, I've been a character actor since I was born. So, uh, but, but, not, but add to that all the layers of, of foam rubber, latex, and silicone that I have worn, that, that even heightens the character actor definition. So, yeah. That's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, we, we were talking about you during the break, and we were going down uh, your list of films, and there is an incredible uh, amount of work that, yeah, you've done where your face is completely uh, obscured. And also, you've been in quite a few uh, movies where you probably don't ever have to do another film again and could make a very nice living just traveling to Comic-Cons across the country. <laughs> Well, I have been doing the the convention circuit for oh gosh since two thousand seven I think so uh, that's I, and I actually love them. Oh, I I, yeah, I I I can't imagine any better place to be because the adulation of Comic Con uh, attendees is is pure and it is selfless and yes, absolutely, it's validation of great work done. Right, because I, right when I'm going through when I'm filming any of the, of the above listed titles that you might have mentioned. Um, I go through a little bit of hell. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not comfortable. I, I might be hotter than most actors. I might have heavy things on me, sticky things on me. <laughs> right. And, uh, um, and uh, so the payoff is to watch the finished product and to watch fans appreciate the finished product. And that's when I really get to have the one-on-one uh, time with the fans is, is at those conventions where they can come up. And uh, who, who could hate having a line of people, one after another, saying, I just love you. You can't hate that. No, absolutely You have groupies? Uh, of course he does. This is Doug Jones. Uh, now, I'm going to say this, and then I want to throw out some titles at you. Doug is uh, mm-hmm. talk going to be at the first ever House of Mouse Expo, which is going to kick off November 27th and 28th. That'll be 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, at the Embassy Suites uh, by Hilton Orlando in Lake Buena Vista. Uh, it is a charity. It's the main charity benefactor will be Give Kids the World Village uh, uh, and you can go to givekidstheworld.org. And this has been rated four stars by Charity Navigator. Uh, it's going to be it, it, it's going to be a fascinating thing being the first ever. I'm going to let you talk about that. But let me tell some people where they'll know you from. They'll know you. Uh, you're actually 
debuting the season four of Star Trek Voy- uh, Discovery, right? Uh, that's correct. That that actually starts um, next Thursday, uh, November 18th on You're Paramount+. Plus. You're cor- uh, correct. I mean, right there alone, you never had to play any other character. you part of the Star <laughs> Trek franchise, man. And, and let me ask you something. You know that going in, right? Oh gosh, when you're when you're going into a Star Trek show, yeah, you, know, you know that that's going to like up your street cred with the geeks really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where your street cred comes uh, from. Me, you are you are a favorite of one of my favorite directors, Guillermo del Toro, whom I often refer uh-huh. to when I'm talking about film as the Mexican Ridley Scott because of his amazing visual aesthetic in every one of his films. One of my, one of the yeah. most, yeah, one of one of the greatest being Pan's Labyrinth, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. He, he is a visionary unlike anyone else I've ever worked for. Every... Every director I work for knows that Guillermo is my favorite, so they're 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 vying for number two. Listen, I understand that. And what's interesting is, and this was around the start, uh, towards the middle of the pandemic when everybody was on lockdown. For one reason, one of your films came to mind, and I know what you're going to think. You're going to think Quarantine, uh, which was out in 2008, which was a very difficult film to watch. An amazing, uh, yeah. yeah really really good and please seek it out if you have not seen it but what i was referring to more so which is still holds up and is beautiful is mimic and i ended up buying the dvd the the bonus features of mimic because i remembered loving that film so much especially the opening scene with the flowing white uh curtains in the in the all white hospital ward where that was filled with sick children and i i have a phobia about cockroaches and there's just and i wanted to see if it still held up and and god damn it if it didn't <laughs> it did it still <laughs> it's it still held up I, and it's amazing. Do, yeah. do you have fond memories of that film? Uh, short memories. I, I only worked on it for three days um, as as one of the bug guys in the uh, in the subway system. Uh, but but, uh, but that's where I met Guillermo del Toro. That was his first American feature film, uh, and and he had done a lot of work in Mexico before that. Uh, but uh, but this is his first American venture, so I didn't know who he was, and that's wow. where we met. He, we hit it off, and he came back for me for the first Hellboy movie five years later, right. and that that really then shot us into the, into uh, a really great director and actor relationship that lasted you know twenty some years now. Who would you rather be in a fist fight with, uh, Charles Dutton or Ron Perlman? <laughs> they could both. Cre- Have you seen me? I'm, I'm I weigh one hundred and thirty seven pounds. I'm three. You're listed as slim. Either one of them could. Either one of them could jack me by, by with a, with a, a suggestion. Right. <laughs> uh, you are you are in two remakes of two of my favorite films. Uh, the first one being The Time Machine, which uh, I'm a huge oh. fan of. The 60s. I want to say it was shot in the 60s. H.G. Uh, Wells' The Time it, Machine. It was. I think it was. I think it was 1960. Actually, yeah. Right, and and you were in the remake of that, and also It's Alive, which was a fantastic franchise back in the day. Uh, it's alive. It's alive. No, I don't. I don't believe I, I'm a part of that. You're not. I, I have it uh, on. You're not. You weren't in It's Alive. Google. Damn it. <laughs> it's alive. No, I. I the baby, is that on my IMDb list? The or? baby monster movie. Yeah, yeah. You better go. You better call them for a paycheck. 
I bet it looks good. I don't remember filming it to live, if I, if I, and I don't remember getting any residual checks for it, so I don't, oh, I don't think... Oh, damn. Mm, Let but, me... Go ahead. No, go ahead. But I, but I did grow up with the, watching the time machine as a kid, going, and it was, I was freaked out by those Morlocks. The so, Morlocks, you know, right. full circle, it, yet, as, a, as an adult, I'm playing one of the Morlocks. It was like, I was kind of like, oh, wow, life has a way... Of, of of coming around and kicking in the ass in a great way. That had, that had to be absolute fun. Let me ask you this, and I know I believe you played a dead soldier in it. I mean, obviously there's no you know there's no stories to tell about you on screen. But did you get to pal around with uh, Clooney and and then trade rap stories with Ice Cube on the set of oh Three Kings? Oh my gosh! Right. So right. So you're mentioning Three Kings, and I and if you look at my credit in that movie, uh, Doug Jones. Dead Iraqi soldier. Yeah. Yes. Three things that I'm not. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Dude, you, who's running your ID? I'm not Iraqi. <laughs> Well, no, no, that that's that's what was that that was in the film. That's in the rolling credit. Right. That's what. So, uh, but uh, you know, but I, I was on the movie for maybe two days. But I did actually, yes, I did uh, uh, have have lovely interaction with George Clooney, sweet guy. Ice Cube is great. I love him dearly. Um, and. Uh, Spike Jones was in it, right? Absolutely. And, uh, Mark no, Wahlberg. and Donnie Wahlberg, or not Donnie, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark yeah. Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, right? Right. Uh, yeah, they were they were all very, very kind, you know, because I was just like, you know, I, I was cheaper than a silicone dummy would have been <laughs> uh, if they had built a dead Iraqi soldier. It was going to cost him twenty thousand dollars, and my day rate was a bit less than that. So. <laughs> that that is hilarious. Okay, since you've worked with two uh, rappers, I want you to tell me who is your favorite: Marky Mark from Three Kings or Will Smith from Men in Black. Two. Oop! Let's add. Let's add a third one. Ice T from Tank Girl. Oh, yeah. oh, Tank Girl with Lori. Right. Um, oh, what? No, Lori Petty. Lori Petty. Correct. Yeah, that movie. Right. I was surprised. It's funny you mentioned that film. I was really surprised that that movie did not did not perform better than it did because it was also a movie with a very quirky aesthetic to it and and an interesting story do you what do you think about that oh i know it was it was based on a comic book from that comes out of england uh so it had it had like you know some wacky uh it, it was high, it kind of highbrow it, it's hard to follow for an american audience so maybe, I, I was going to say that problem, but. you don't think it translated well here Maybe not. Maybe that was that was it. Uh, but uh, but no, it was visually hilarious, fun, and uh, and wackadoodle, and and Lori Petty totally grabbed uh, <clears throat> the Tank Girl character and ran with it. And, and I got to play one of the one of the Ripper guys. It was half kangaroo, half yes, half man. Yes, yes, which are still <laughs> scary no. on film, still to this day. Of course, of course. And Ice T was was like the, uh, one of our leaders in that that gaggle of of, of creatures. He did not know what he was signed up for. Bless his heart. <laughs> a lot of a lot of prospect makeup. Yeah, he was he was joking one day. He said, uh, "You know, I, when my agent called me, I thought it was to play a stripper, and now I'm I'm here in a kangaroo makeup playing a ripper." <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I think of the three, I I, I see might have been my favorite just personality wise. I thought he was hilarious. Okay, fair enough. All right, be, before I run out of time, tell people about the expo event, please. Well, this I, this is a great great fun. Uh, not only is, is the, is the uh, this convention uh, going proceeds going toward a charity that you mentioned, which is really fantastic and makes it well worthwhile to, to do it even more so, but it's also kind of Disney themed because they call it the House of Mouse. And of course, my my biggest Disney connection is is the Hocus Pocus movie. Right. That, um, 
that just played on, on TV in high rotation in October. Billy and Butchers. now I'm currently talking to you from Rhode Island, where we are filming Hocus Pocus Part 2, coming out next October on Disney+. Plus. So uh, this is we have a lot to look forward to. And uh, I'm, uh, as announced in the, in the casting announcement, the three witches, Bette Miller, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy, are all back, along with me as Billy Butcherson again. So there's going to be some big, big nostalgic love coming at you. Well, we actually have my uh, my producer is a big fan of the original Hocus Pocus and wanted to ask you, Dizzy wants to ask you a question. Yeah, I had a couple questions uh, real quick. Uh, One of them, uh, one of the things I read actually closer to uh, Halloween when, you know, obviously they're always playing that, uh, that one that one of the notes you were giving was you were supposed to be known as like one of the most handsome zombies. And also that the outfit at first took inspiration from MJ, but they switched that up. Is that true? Oh, <clears throat> not not necessarily officially. I think that the Michael Jackson sort of uh, vibe uh, was was something that like uh, designer creature designer Tony Gardner uh, and and our costumer Mary Vote from the original movie. Um, we had talked about it like, gosh, doesn't this remind you of, of, of Michael? And like, yeah, what, and of course it's in 1992, he was alive and well then. And it was like, oh my gosh, if I could, if I could channel any Michael Jackson, that's what exactly who I want to be. <laughs> you know? Um, right. So that, that was kind of more of, more of like a private in-house discussion that might've leaked out somewhere, but it was never an official part of the, of the, uh, of the movie plan. But, um, but, but handsome, yes, that was a part. Uh, they, they sculpted my, my prosthetic face, you know, my, my aged 300-year-old face with great cheekbones, great jawline, great chin, and, and, and that long rock star hair yeah. and the, the long coat that swings when I walk. It's like, yeah, that was all part of the, you know, as, a, as zombies go, he's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> and also I heard that uh, you had to put real moths and dust in your mouth for scenes. Now, is that something that you all— that is a true, that you like right away were oh, like, yeah. yeah, sure, I'll do it. Or do you like give a little pushback? Like, ah, maybe we don't need to do that. Oh, no, that, that is a, a true story. And yes, some pushback did have like, what? <laughs> I can't, what? Why? What? So, so they built a whole contraption that went in my mouth to keep, to protect us from each other. Moths have to stay very dry or they won't fly. They're, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever stepped on one, shh, uh, <laughs> I, you know, they, they turn into dust, right? Right. So uh, they're a very dry being. So, so when you're in a mouse, it's like you know, the moisture. So it was a very, very tedious kind of like build and, and uh, process to cut my stitches open and go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. How many takes? How many takes? <laughs> we well, uh, It only took two takes, but oh, I will man. tell you, the first one was a bit of a debacle because uh, a light burned out right, at the, right before the cameras rolled. And I was sitting there with these moths in my mouth, and I, and I could feel the water table in my mouth kind of rising because it's like <laughs> you've got you've got an intruder you've got intruder in your mouth, and your saliva glands are going, hey, yo, process, process. <laughs> so so, I, I, so the more, more moisture happened than I thought. So finally, when we well, the light was fixed, and they they get going again. I cut the stitches open and go, and uh, like this string of mud came out with the dust, <laughs> and these moths were just kind of like surfing on it, like hit, hit the ground. Yeah, no, it, take two. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, uh, before we let you go, my, my co-host wants to ask you a question, and I'm going to make sure to let people know that uh, the House of Mouse Expo website is houseofmouseexpo.com. Go ahead, Spike. All right, Doug, this is Spike. I'm an aspiring actor, and this is a, a treat for me to ask you this. Me being an actor, and I'm terrible at talking and speaking, would you say that I should learn 
studied mime like you did in school, so that helped my career. <laughs> Your career? Yeah. Well, okay. Now, this is a very valid question. Is it? <laughs> I also I, – well, I also had a complete fear of the spoken word. Uh, if I was ever called on in school to read out loud in grade school, I freaked out. Like, I, I just was so terrified of like messing up and being laughed at. And so, uh, so I. I uh, uh, but but if you are going to play a proper creature, you need to do it all. You need to because right. a lot of creatures do are given dialogue, and and you can't just have your agent say just send me out on non-speaking roles only. Uh, that's going to limit your career. Terrifically. So what I think you want to do is, uh, yes, but mind training is great for any actor because your entire body is employed, not just your mouth. David Bowie uh, started out in mime as well, and he utilized that in his stage shows uh, throughout his career. Ah, there you yeah. well, there you go. See, Absolutely. and he was, yeah. So he incorporated a lot of physicality in his performing. So there you go. Absolutely. Uh, before you go, what can fans of Star Trek Discovery expect for season four? Oh, right. Well, at the end of season three, I uh, gave up the captain's chair that I had risen to. Uh, I gave it up to, to uh, the star of our show, Sonequa Martin-Green, playing you know, Michael Burnham. That was a mistake. So my, the last, that was a mistake. <laughs> well, the last episode had me back home on my home planet of Kaminar, and that's why I was left. So beginning of season four, you're going to meet me again on my home planet. But yeah, but you, if you've seen promo shots for the show, you can see me back in uniform. So I, I still have my captain rank. Uh, with Starfleet, okay. but uh, but where do they plug me in? How do they plug me in? How do I get back in the uniform again? You're going to find out by by around episode two. Okay, is the entire season shot already? Oh yeah, we all shot, we shot the whole season, and now we're just doing some ADR voice looping to okay. fix up the later episodes. We're all, almost done. Yeah, uh, let me let so me, they can start airing it. Okay, let me thank you first for the interview, but let me also thank you because you called at the designated time, and we had to ask you if you would return the call at a later time and that is a faux pas on my part and i apologize for that uh but the humility and the professionalism with which you uh easily and and, and quickly said oh absolutely just it, that's just impressive to me uh for a man of your resume credentials uh and stature <laughs> the statue. Oh, you're, well, you're very kind. No, and you, you caught me on a day off, so I was doing nothing else. I'm all yours. Oh, good. We will. We appreciate you, Doug Jones, and I will make sure we get all of the information about the House of Mouse a House of Mouse Expo out. You enjoy it when you're there. I know you will, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, how you get back into the captain's chair, which you should have never given up. I told you that. Well, you know, you know, I'll be back on the ship. I didn't say in the captain's chair. Oh. I think that's hers now. I don't know. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll see. We'll all right. see. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. <laughs> all, right. all right. Big love. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye.